0: All right. good morning everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday just past 10 o'clock here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. KXNO on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial. We welcome you to the program as we talk local as often as we can here in the next couple of hours. And we appreciate you spending some of that uh, period of time with Trent Condon and myself. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Trent, I forgot. What got
2: going on here this We, uh, we got Michael Swain to ah, kick things right, off. Right,
0: right, right. We promised Iowa State conversation, mm-hmm. and Michael Swain is going to give us just that. He'll do so at the bottom of the hour, about 10.30. Then Matt Snyder, going to slide on in here from CBSSports.com. Usually we talk baseball on Mondays with Matt, but we were so draft-heavy yesterday uh, that we pushed him back one day, so we'll get our... Uh Phil of MLB going around Major League Baseball. And then we are going to branch out, get back to the draft. Trevor sigma Yes. Trevor sigma from uh from the Draft Network is going to recap the not just the local teams, but and I'm guessing we won't get into all thirty-two teams, Trent, but we'll we'll touch on a number of
2: topics. And uh Trevor, right after the draft draft finished put out his next year's mock draft. I saw that. 2022 mock draft. Here we go. Yeah, the athletic
0: put out theirs today. So the athletic, Dane Brugler, who I think is terrific at what he does Mm -hmm. uh, as an NFL draft guy. Um, 32 picks in the first round, obviously. There is one player from the state of Iowa that has his name in Dane Brugler's 2022 mock draft. Who is that? Was that the Will McDonald one? No, that's Fox Sports. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Yes. Okay. He goes thirty first overall to Tampa Bay. Thirty one overall. Uh, so okay. He, so he, the, uh, the athletic has Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, uh, a rematch of last year's Super Bowl. The Chiefs, however, will pick number thirty two. I'd like to see them pick about twelve. Yeah, that would work for me. Not gonna <laughs> move happen. them down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, those days are over. Yeah. That decade's over. Uh, get used to it. They're gonna be uh, picking their uh, picking their whole bunch.
2: I least... was looking at this mock draft of Trevor. Yep. Number one overall pick, I, and you could have which given me, quarterback is it? It's quarterback. Yep, plays in either the Big Ten or Big Twelve. I'll give you that. Uh, uh, Rattler. It is Spencer Rattler. Yeah, a lot, a lot of folks love him at Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Look, he had
0: flashes last year. He did, no doubt. And uh, he's going to be a pain in the butt in the Big Twelve again this year. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So we'll um, we'll watch it because you're you'll see him a lot at the top of a lot of mock drafts. Uh, Spencer Rattler, pro quarterback. We'll see. Keen
2: Slovis I, also there?
0: Yeah, you know, I saw that. Um, it's. I don't think of the college quarterbacks, I don't think this year, and again, we we, we can see it. Talk- Look, nobody was talking Joe Burrow in May of 2018. No one. Zach Wilson was an afterthought. Afterthought. So there's going to be one or two of those quarterbacks. But um, it's apparently not the deepest quarterback class for next year. If you needed a quarterback... Uh, you better have got him last year or this past weekend. Bears did. Yes, they did, Trent Condon, and you got to be giddy. I think that was just a massive, massive pick. So let me, just just real quick, and I don't want to spend a ton, and we'll get more in it with Trevor Sickma later on. Um, I think Denver made a mistake. They made a mistake? They okay. made a mistake by not taking him at nine. Gotcha. They must They have got all of their eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket. Now, Devontae Adams came out yesterday with a really quick, Cryptic tweet, um, although it wasn't really hard to decipher. When you don't know, you said essentially you don't know what you got till it's gone. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Who are you talking about? You're well, of course, right? Sir so seems like that. Now DraftKings has come out with their odds.
2: Uh, now you can't bet that in Iowa, right? Is that true? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I will look for sure because you found this, what, on Twitter?
0: It was on Twitter and then I went to the DraftKings Nation mm-hmm. as to who, what teams are, what the odds are that, um, you know, where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up. And the Packers are still the favorite. Packers minus money. But I don't know if you can
2: bet that here because you can't... You I'll can be, bet... Player props, though, so you'd be able to bet this I one. I hope so. Because I'm looking right now, Trevor Lawrence on DraftKings Iowa. Right, to win the rookie of the year has got to be really slow. Well, really. that's not up there, but they do have yardage totals. Okay. Over under 41.50 for the year for Trevor Lawrence in terms of passing yards. Zach Wilson also up there at 3,800. I, are- I
0: think we just found the segment for tomorrow's Inside the Numbers on MediaCom. <laughs> yes. We take. That's, yes.
2: That's, that's a good one. So there's a few of those. They do have win totals, division winners, everything yep. else. I'm not seeing a whole lot else here, at least right now. What is the NFC North numbers? Uh, division winner led is uh, Green Bay Packers are your favorite. Still, what's the number? Because they were minus two fifty, minus one ten.
0: So okay,
2: that's significant. Yeah. The Vikings, the second choice, plus 225, mm-hmm. and the Bears at plus 325. I
0: wonder where those two teams were prior to Thursday, about 4 o'clock.
2: I want to say the Bears, I remember looking at this maybe a week within the last two weeks for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bears at that point were... Plus seven fifty. Yeah, they've been cut significantly
0: yeah, because basically in the, half. Right with the Roger, as I told you on Friday morning when the news came out, I immediately ran to my office and got on my desktop and tried to bet Broncos over seven and a half, and it was off the
2: board. I tried to tell you to do it before. Is that. it back up on the board? Ooh, that's a good question. Because they were
0: seven and a half prior to the Rogers news breaking Thursday. Right? Have
2: they changed? They have significantly. They have. This is. Incredibly rare with NFL win totals. Yeah. Maybe the last time I would guess something has shifted this much. Because even the Tom Brady one, it, it inched up. I think Tampa went from like seven to seven and a half initially. Mm-hmm. And maybe some shops that put it up later had it a higher number, but it didn't move significantly. This is a win and a half. It went up. Wow. It went from seven and a half, it is now at a flat nine.
0: Wait, with no guarantee he's going to be there. Right. So, they're, so they're hedging a little bit, but you have to
2: move that number. And since I'm already locked in at my seven and a half, you're do lucky I lucky sob? Do I try to middle this thing, or just be happy? I think you just had your because I liked it even without I know you did. Aaron Rodgers. I uh-huh. think that defense is really good, and I thought they were going to get enough. quarterback. This is before the Teddy news. In fact, that I got that right. number. The it quarterback thing, I don't think. I mean, Teddy, no. Br-
0: I, I like Teddy. Br- I, I root for Teddy Bridgewater. I would like to root for him in a different uniform,
2: <laughs> but a little competition there, yeah, for Drew Lock. That boy, I'm off his bandwagon.
0: Aren't I? I was Very driving that bad- I think I was trying to convince myself as much as anything. Been there that, before, right? That he's he's actually this is a quarterback you can win with in this league. Um, but from seven and a half to nine, when they reposted yeah. it. So if when it if 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 if. if it ever does become official, mm-hmm. I wonder what that number would be after that point because it's going to go. It's going to jump from nine. It is, even though they've got a couple of heavy heads in that division. Well, one in particular, yeah, in the one Chiefs. For real. But the Chargers, are... They're, they're talented. I think so too. We'll see. Coaching staff, you don't know, no, no, but I, I. I'd, it can't be any worse than last year. and look at all the the ways that the chargers
2: found to essentially give games away. Isn't that the conversation the chargers the last or no, yeah, quarter it's century? That's yeah, good point. It, it good feels point. like they're boy, they have a lot of talent. Yeah, good point. but they find ways to lose games. They find ways uh-huh. to lose playoff games, Nick Hating. i mean they they've had a lot of those moments <laughs> in the in the in the rain, in yes. the slop. It's too
0: bad because he had some opportunities in his career to get, mm-hmm. make some big kicks, and they were in clement weather uh, most of the time, at least the ones I can remember. Uh, but he still had a hell of a career. Yes, man. he did. He just had a hell of a career. So the Packers are minus 20, 125, Broncos are 2-1, to one. Raiders 5-1, to one. Saints 9-1. to one. Uh, Where are your Dolphins? Because you threw that out last week, 14-1 to one on the Dolphins. In between there, the uh, Panthers at 10. Um, I mean the Panthers I guess are viable if you're looking for it. I don't think they're gonna be worth a crap. No, no,
2: I don't think and so. And if Rodgers
0: is going and could be because he wants to win, I would mm-hmm. think that he's gonna try and identify that team that gives him the best chance. I'm not sure it's Denver. You know, with the Chiefs. Yeah, but you just get on a good team, right? Right. And then you right, take your sure. chances. Look, I think Denver's defense is good. Um and they got weapons. Yes, they got. They really do have weapons. Noah Fant and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and uh, K.J. Hamler. Uh, Williams, the running back. Melvin Gordon's still there. I like their offensive line. They've got a really good, uh, you a dependable kicker in Brandon McManus, who's had a hell of a career. That's better than the Packers. Yes, I think so. Yeah. But I, you know what? I've got to remove myself from this conversation. No, I... Because I, I, it's my we're in my Broncos' glasses.
2: I think that... I think that's a significant upgrade for Aaron Rodgers. And how much of it is a part who wants to be closer to California? Well, maybe. Yeah. I, well. Is there a team out there, though, that would allow him to do the Jeopardy thing if that comes to pass? Now, I don't think it's going Where to. is that taped? Is it L.A.? It is, yeah. Okay. The, uh, and when do they tape? They only do 46 days a year. Because they basically tape a whole week of shows well, on a to, single day, they would have to do it on a Tuesday. The right. The problem, though, is with the production schedule. Is basically everybody that works on that show also works for Wheel of Fortune? Uh-huh. So it, it, it's a full kind of day. They spread it out yeah, a little how bit do more. You know this stuff. I'm because because really I'm a impressed. Jeopardy, I'm a Jeopardy nerd. <laughs> uh, there, there's a new book out on Jeopardy. I've been reading that. I just absolutely love it. <laughs> and this is a. Uh, it's doable. Don't you have to pick one or the other though? Can you
0: play quarterback in the NFL and take a Tuesday off to Here's the fly to another city?
2: You saw the Ian Rappaport report during the draft, right? That Which one? Jeopardy uh, producers really thought Aaron Rodgers did a good job. And so people ran with it and said that he, he's the front runner for the he's not the front runner. He he might be the 5th choice at best. Is there a right bigger now? name in the uh, above him? Anderson Cooper. Okay, a big name, but yeah, okay. Joe Buck Big name. Who will be hosting in the future. Yeah, big name. Huge name. Uh, LeVar Burton, who hosted Reading Rainbow. That's yeah. more of my era. But Wasn't LeVar Le- Burton in Roots? He, Yes, I think I you're think, right. I think yes, he was. He was uh, in that. He was also in Star Trek. And By the way. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> yes. Well, we could get to that in a moment. Aaron Rodgers did a fine job. Okay. I liked Aaron Rodgers uh-huh. more than I anticipated I would. He wasn't that
0: great. Okay. Yeah. Can so they,
2: he, can, is there room to improve? I mean, I would think, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes with, with a lot of the different people. But boy, of,
0: of the names that you just said, and I don't watch the show, but Joe Buck's witty. Right. Joe Buck's quick. hmm Joe Buck's got a great voice and a, and a really good command. I mean, that talk show that he does, what was it on? HBO, that one, Uh, or no, the
2: like the audience network, the audience. That's the one I
0: was thinking of. He's really good at that. Yes, he's terrific at that.
2: Every Uh, time I hear him as a guest, like on a podcast uh or radio show, Mm -hmm. it's always really good. He's he's a pro. Yes, I haven't ever listened to his podcast. I'm sure it's good as well. But we're both fans, regardless. Right. The thing with Aaron Rodgers is he gave them a big bump in terms of ratings. And sure, in Jeopardy, look, I'm considered probably a youngster watching Jeopardy. It's an old-person show, Is it? and they want to broaden that a little bit. Well, you see the ratings go up, and you bring mm-hmm. this younger guy in. But when Aaron Rodgers retires in two, four, six years, whatever it turns out to be, we no longer have that NFL player. It's just another former athlete trying to do a game show. It's Michael Strahan. It's that kind yeah. of thing that it doesn't have the same kind of buzz. So does it make sense on that front? I don't think he's going to get the job. I don't think he's going to be offered the job is ultimately what I'm saying. And Ian Rappaport's report just... Crack me up. Yeah, producer. What Ian Rapaport? I understand he's got NFL sources now. is the dude's got Jeopardy sources uh, on top of it. Apparently so, Trent. He's very well connected. That was probably fed to him. I'm going to guess by one of Rogers' agents or, yeah. or his agents. Well, they were
0: very busy last week because yes, they, they were the were. ones that broke that news on Thursday about three o'clock, whatever the hell time it was. So, anyways, uh, that's uh, that's your Aaron Rodgers update on 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 a Tuesday. We went long on that one, huh? We did longer than I thought we were going to. So, I want to get to this Star Wars because I've I have not. I've got to think, Trent, that. I am, and you haven't, have you seen Star Wars? Yes, the
2: originals. Okay. The, the first three that came out in the late 70s, early 80s. I got you. I watched them as a, a youngster. At the, in the movie theater? Or no. You rented no. it? I, it was, yeah, that was something that we watched on the old VHS. That I have was not seen
0: far. one second of any Star Wars. Not one second. And I have to
2: imagine that I'm probably in a distinct minority, right? I think that number would be a little higher than maybe you'd anticipate. Really? I got a bunch of friends that are the same way and kind of... A badge of honor for them to not doing it. Well, I, It's not like I'm going
0: out of my way not to watch it. I have zero interest in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Never. Um, it's never moved my needle. But tonight, the reason we bring it up, ESPN's got the Yankees and the Astros. Pretty good game. Yes. I mean, a pretty good yeah. game with two. Is this the first time the Astros have been to Yankee Stadium since the playoffs when they cheated? Well, I'm going to guess.
2: Yeah. You have to be, right? At least since we've known about, about it.
0: Yeah. Um, but point being is the announcers, Tim Kirchhen and Eduardo Perez and the worst toupee in all of sports, Carl Ravitch. You don't like the, don't like the map, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't move and it hasn't moved and it hasn't changed in his entire career. <laughs> it has uh, But anyways, regardless, you do, you do your thing, Carl. Um, they're dressing them up in Star Wars characters as part of the broadcast. Why?
2: It's May the Fourth. Well, so I guess I don't know what that means. Well, the term is "May the Force be with you." Okay, and that turned into May well, the Fourth. Fourth be with you. Becoming Star Wars Day. So that's where. That's, that's the impetus of all of this. So this is if they where came to you
0: from. and you were working for ESPN, would you threaten to quit? No. You wouldn't. You'd, 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 you'd I'd be put pretty on happy. You
2: put on the costume yeah. and sit down and do your thing. I'll, I'll be honest. If Joel came up right now and told me I need to put on the Yoda, you should, I'd, I'd be putting on the Yoda as we're speaking. Yeah.
0: At 62, if Joel came up, I mean, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good run. Yeah, right. About. Uh, Drive home safely. I guess. Anyways. So that uh, you 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 can look forward to that um, if you're if you're so inclined to watch that part of the game here tonight. I, I'm not into it. I do want to say this before we get to Michael Swain. Uh, Tom Croshell, longtime mm-hmm. SID over at uh, Iowa State, uh, is retiring. Or maybe yesterday was his last day because there was a bunch of Twitter on Tom Croshell yesterday. Tom Croshell was really good at his job, John. I can't tell you how much Tom Croshell meant to. Early sports talk radio in Des Moines, Iowa, wouldn't give us the time of day. Mm-hmm. They, w- they wouldn't even take our phone call. Honest to God, wouldn't even. We couldn't even get through to Phil Hattie. Um, it was just roadblock after roadblock after roadblock because this was a new format, right? Sports talk, local sports talk, had never come to Central Iowa until June of 1996, and we were so completely over the tips of our skis because we had. I mean. I, for three of the years that I was not here in the States, I've lived in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I knew nothing about Iowa and Iowa State. And Iowa State was hardly ever on TV, and Iowa was, but, but we
2: needed to talk local sports if we had a chance. And you, you've told me in the past that you guys initially struggled with that. You oh, guys big time. You'd be breaking down the Jets draft. Yes. And the Bengals and the Bills. <laughs> right. Because that's what we know of baseball
0: mm-hmm. and didn't understand the importance of I and Iowa State to the market. Look, if there would have been competition, even though we were pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have made it. Because you want to hear local. right? But my point being and where I was going was Tom crochelle at Iowa State, I don't know if they... I mean, let, let's be honest. I know Cyclone fans don't want to hear this, but back then, this was the Hawkeyes ruled the roost in this state, right? They just did. I mean, they had the blowtarch down the hall from where we're sitting, 1040. They had Zobel, dot, dot, dot. They had, it was Des Moines and Central Iowa was, I don't know what the percentage would be. And I'm not saying that there wasn't Cyclone fans out there. You just, they were kind of, just kind of off, and they're not going to say much, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, until the billboards went up. And then Pollard made them realize, hey, you know what? We can be vocal. We can wear our colors. But Cruschel, when when Iowa wouldn't give us the time of day, Tom Cruschel, for whatever reason, I don't know whether he realized that this might be an opportunity to get some free publicity for the struggling football program or for the basketball program, but he went out of his way to help us. And I'll never forget that. Um, in, with coaches, et, et cetera. Uh, and, and whenever we asked... If it was possible, he was going to make that um, make that happen, and I appreciated that in him. And he's, you know, every time I've seen him since then, he's he's a good guy. And mm-hmm. by everything you read about him, by all the people that he's uh, crossed paths with in his career, there's a lot of folks that are going to miss him at Iowa State.
2: A good SID is worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how big of an athletic department or how small, but getting people out there. Pushing those buttons. And at that time, for Iowa State, the importance of that. I grew up in the state. I know the time. I've told you before, Ames is a lot closer to Iowa City where I grew up. And nobody outside of, I don't know, a half dozen people Mm -hmm. that actually went to Iowa State and got their ag degree, nobody was Cyclone fans. I know. You were all Hawkeye fans. That's what it was. And as the worms started to turn, and even the success that they had, certainly in basketball during Uh the 80s and 90s with Johnny Orr. But when Floyd got there, mm-hmm. Indy Eustachie, and then McCarney's the winning yes. nine
0: games and going to bowl
2: games in the first bowl win ever at the Insight Bowl. Mm-hmm. that Building that those programs up mm-hmm. and, like you said, making it okay to wear your Cyclone gear. You it's want to go to the State Fair and you want to wear an right. Iowa State shirt? You're not going to get laughed at. You can do that. Yeah. Support your team. Wear the colors. That's something that for a long time, wasn't around the state, at least my area of the state. Trenton, I didn't notice
0: it here. Not that I was looking for it again. Yeah. I didn't understand what these two needle movers meant uh, at the time. And, and Tom Crischel, thank you uh, for what you did for us. I will appreciate that, and best of luck to you in your retirement. Uh, Jeff uh, has been patient. Jeff, welcome to the program. What do you want to chat about today?
1: Well, so we know Aaron Rodgers is a prima donna. But I don't think he holds a candle to LeBron James. Okay, um, and I know we don't I'm moving the needle. I know the NBA is not a big, you know, hot talker, but we're going to talk about. But it But it's going to
0: be soon because the playoffs yeah. are going to be upon us, and right. I can't wait for that playing round. I think that is going so, to ignite the playoff passion
1: here. So you teed up my, my think my, you know, my thoughts bringing it to you. You know, LeBron James talking about you know the the playing game and why do we have it and. Whoever's idea it was.
0: So why doesn't he like it?
1: commission. Well, because they have to play another game, and a top six seed to get a bye. Yeah. Well, he had no problem when they were a top six seed. There was no problem
0: with. The Wait team. a second. Now probably- you mean to tell me that the Lakers aren't a top six seed right now? They're
2: five now, but they're they could fall out. Of. Really? The yeah. Lakers? Yeah. yeah. They've been yeah. without AD and LeBron for a long time. Davis played yesterday. Yep.
1: Yeah. Now. I didn't realize. And I want to kind of sprinkle in a little bit of Michael Jordan. Here's the deal. You know, when Jordan played, you wouldn't wanted, wanted have heard a peep about this. You wouldn't have heard a peep about, you know, him being hurt, him coming back, his ankle. There's a problem. Mm-hmm. He would have just played. Michael Jordan, you know, I don't need to, we don't need to go into the stats, but every time he laced him up, you. this might be the first time you've seen him, it might be the last, but he's going to play. There's going to be no off nights. There's, no, there's not going to be no eight points. He's going to give you 25 to 30 every Single game, mm-hmm. Jeff. I,
2: he, but but he had his own excuses. Remember when they moved to the United Center? Rims are a yeah. lot tighter. A lot of did he say that? Oh that. yeah, a lot did of yeah. a lot of complaints about the United Center. It wasn't the old barn that was Chicago Stadium. He had those. I remember when they wore the black uniforms with the pinstripes for the first time. Mm-hmm. They they were cut a little bit differently, and he hated that. Remember LeBron hated the sleeve jerseys. Who was the uh, who did we right. see
0: uh, did, uh, with the white saw? Chris Sale. Yes, <laughs> that, he
2: They cut off the sleeves yeah, of their, yeah, their yeah. throwback uniforms. Yeah. So. MJ had his own excuses, too, and to say he wasn't a pre-Madonna. Come on.
1: No, no, I, I'll give you that. My, my last thing is, and I just want to throw this out, I'm rewatching the doc again. I think it's my third time. I I, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's my thing with LeBron and Michael. To me, the biggest thing I can remember of LeBron James, like if we're thinking his bio, I'm thinking about the block against Iguodala in the final Yeah, season, unbelievable. Right? Yep. Oh, so unbelievable. But when you think about Michael Jordan, you think of, 63 in the Garden. You think Mm -hmm. of the shot on Elo. Mm -hmm. You think of the shot against Russell. I mean, these are just things of the flu game in the NBA Finals. I mean, Mm -hmm. these are four things that I just name-dropped, and the best thing LeBron can hang his hat on is a block against Iguodala. I don't know. It just, we can go on and on with stats, and I think you can kind of tell where I'm leaning, but I just think it's, and I know it's different eras, um, I just don't think it's I don't think it's close, guys. When we talk Jordan Lebron, I don't even think it's close.
0: Well, Jordan's well, Jordan's my guy, Jeff, and I and always will be. And I like the Lebron, and I respect the hell out of. I didn't realize they were. Fled- I appreciate the call. I didn't realize that the Lakers were not. Uh, in, they're not in any jeopardy of missing out on this, are they? Where are they?
2: They're fine. Being oh, they're going to get in. But you know what, Trent? That's the Blazers are only a game back of them, mm-hmm. as Dallas is in between them, of, of getting that one. There, there's a real possibility. Yes. They and Look, Luka Doncic, he has complained about the play-in round. Now, LeBron has complained about it. And oh, guess what? On. Dame Lillard, and if Portland gets there, I might think that there might be a complaint there, especially if you're the seventh seed and you're looking up and a team just right in front of you gets I, there. Okay, from a player's perspective, I kind of understand.
0: I really can't. I think it's good for the game. It's good for the league. It's going to I think jumpstart uh your postseason. And I think it's probably here to stay. If, if there's uh, if people tune in and watch it, and I think that they will. I mean, this is this is kind of what it's about, right? It's it's you know what I get off the pot. I like it. I think it's going to be fun. Um I'll give up baseball or or hockey to mm-hmm. watch these play in games.
2: Yeah, I the first one when you get Boston Charlotte yeah. eh. <laughs> Right. Indiana, Washington. But if it, you know, certainly And if it, we get to the fourth quarter and it's
0: close or yes, whatever? Yes, yes. You're, you're going to tune it on. Let's get Drew in here. We're going to talk more Iowa State with Michael Swain coming up in about five minutes. We've got a keyword here momentarily. Hi, Drew. What's on your mind?
1: Hey, guys. Um, I played football at Iowa State from 2008 to 2012, um, and I was a walk-on backup, career backup, but Just wanted to say that if I were to walk up to Tom Cushel today, um, he would know my name and see how the family was. Yeah, Um, Always a great guy. He's the Rolodex of (laughs) names and information, and I just wanted to give him a shout-out and say congratulations on an awesome career and uh, good luck in retirement.
0: Hey, Drew, thanks for chiming in. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. What are you doing now, Drew?
1: I work in commercial real estate here in Des Moines, so
0: good stuff. Uh thank you for sharing your Tom Crushell memories. He's uh you he certainly meant a lot to Sports Talk Radio in its infancy here in Des Moines. Thanks, Drew. Yeah,
1: thanks guys. Yep,
0: good to talk to you. Uh good stuff. Glad uh, glad yeah. Drew chimed in on that. Walked on and still today, ten years later, after Drew's career has come and gone. Um Tom would walk up to him and that's great. Yeah. Good for him. Now I know he kind of walked away from the SID part of it late uh within the last I don't know, five or six years. Mm-hmm. He was doing um, seemingly he was working with John with uh, Cyclones T, t- V, was right. he not? Yeah. Uh and Mike Green kind of took that and uh and, and Schultz did the basketball, Matt Schultz. Um but Tom Crushell, you had a hell of a career. He really and truly did. So that's him and Malchow. <laughs> Just a couple
2: of big yeah. names
0: for that athletic department.
2: Guys that have built up a, oh. a long, long time. Between the two of them? Mm-hmm. Three, three quarters of a century? Yeah, yeah. Forty I years mean, apiece? Over their whole career? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jesus.
0: Yeah. All right, Trent, let's do this keyword. Did we have a home run? Now, let me think. Did the Twins hit a home run? By the way, it was a fun game last night. It was. No, it wasn't game. real. I saw you on Twitter. You got a little,
2: well, a little tight with that bullpen. All right, so we got rid of the garbage that is uh, Calame. and all right, uh, now it's going to go back to Rogers. He
0: was. By the good. way, did you see who They signed the free in uh, in the off season. Mm-hmm. He's down Triple A.
2: Yeah. Which
0: is is that just get it right or what is wrong with him?
2: Well, there's no spot for him really, and I think more than anything, they want to get him in a spot Dog, where, yeah. Th- yeah, they can stretch him out a little bit more. Yeah. And okay when somebody goes down because it's inevitable, right? So this wasn't a, you stink, we don't need you. Right, right. It is, let's get you ready. You can be a starter when we need that spot starter, when we have somebody that goes down and has to miss a turn, whatever it is. Dobnik will be ready. Did you see the lights go out at Bush Stadium last night in the ninth inning? No.
0: <laughs> it was uh the twins had just ended. I turned it over to um, to catch the end. I was going back and forth between the Cardinals and um, and the twins with the Cubs getting rained out yesterday or weathered out. I guess I, I just assumed it was rain. It must have been, yeah. right? It's weather in May. Um, so but um, two out, bottom of the ninth. Alonzo, the batter's box, down a run, man on. I think it was one, two or no, it was early. It was early it was early in the sequence. O one, boom, lights go out. Entire stadium goes pitch black. That's, <laughs> it's just that's gonna weird. be a little scary, doesn't it? You even think, right? Yeah. But you know what normally when I th- I thought when stadium lights go out and you reboot it, it takes a while. It's not like, you know, we are in this studio here mm-hmm. and we turn the lights out and you turn them on, they come on instantly, but Got to warm those things up. You, that's what I thought too, but it was relatively quick. They oh, just really? boom, came right back on. Anyways, kind of a weird ending last night at Bush, but the Cardinals hang on. Brewers lose, so the Cardinals gain a game on the Brew Crew as they try to take over that uh, American League Central. All right, time for another $1,000 home run. Oh, that ball hit out to right field, and carrying well, gone. It's a one run game in the ninth inning as Gallo hits a two run blast to right field. And he's- it's our oh. buddy Dave Raymond. It oh, is. Yes. Former Iowa Cubs announcer back in the early 90s. Uh, was with Houston Astros when Milo Perrins was there. He's worked under Milo and now is the television voice of the ranges. a little
2: heart palpitations for me after that one <laughs> yeah, frustrations bet. were building and i figured you'd be excited to hear dave raven on the call absolutely cuz i couldn't see, hear him last night because you get just blacked out you get the
0: uh, twins uh, anyways it's uh, enter the keyword go to KXNO.com. enter the keyword water that's your chance to win a $1000 water at KXNO.com. michael swain on iowa state next we'll recap the spring Um, And we'll take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106. USANA. Hi, right, Miller and Condon, 1035 Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO one oh six point three on the FM dial. We welcome you back as uh, we will take you right up until noon. Coming up in hour number two, yes, we're going to take one more look at the NFL draft that was. Take a look at the 2022 as well. That just seems weird. 2022 draft. These kids were born in... <laughs> Two thousand one wasn't it like Y two K just a couple of years ago. Feels that way, doesn't it? Eh, a couple decades. <laughs> That's all. Whoops. Uh, well, uh, prior to that, we're going to talk to Michael uh, uh, Matt Snyder, rather Matt Snyder from CBS uh, uh CBSSports.com. We do have a Michael right now. Michael Swain, twenty four seven Sports Cyclone Always grateful when we uh, have Michael Swain on to talk Iowa State as we recap. Uh, what transpired over the month of April with those spring practices? Look ahead a little bit uh, and do some basketball stuff as well, Michael. As always, thank you. For, uh, we appreciate you coming on, Trent and Ken. I want to talk to you about uh, basketball to start. Uh, if you if you would, uh, Michael. I saw a tweet this morning: Isaiah Brockington, guard from Penn State, who was a pretty good player uh, for the Nittany Lions. Apparently, has narrowed. He's transferring. He's uh, narrowed his four choices down. Uh, Wake Forest, I believe Wake Forest, Iowa State are the two that I remember. Um, uh, Brockington and Iowa State, is there anything there, Michael, that you've been able to uncover?
3: Oh, definitely there is. There's there's interest from Iowa State's end of things. The other two teams that are kind of in his top four right now are Arkansas and BYU. Um, Iowa State's looking to add a, a veteran guard that can maybe help smooth out some of the roster process of getting some of maybe the younger guys acclimated. I mean, you think about Caleb Grill, Tristan and Aruna, um, you know, Gabe Kausher, someone that's more on the older side, but a lot of these transfers that they brought in are guys that had some sparing playing time at their previous schools and are looking to maybe take a step up in terms of the role. So by adding more of a veteran presence like a Isaiah Brockington, that could help maybe allow those guys to adapt to playing at the Big 12 level, to playing for T.J. Altsaberger at Iowa State. But, yeah, Iowa State's definitely in the running there. Um, I'm not necessarily certain he's going to end up at Iowa State, but they're definitely an option and they're definitely a player as well.
2: Do you have any more insight? So after the new coach was announced at Penn State, and Entered the transfer portal. Okay, you understand that. Then announces he's going back to Penn State, then re-entered the portal again. Hmm. Any idea what's behind that at all, Michael? Yeah,
3: that was, I was kind of doing a little bit of research over the weekend and then into today as we kind of got a, a story published on that, and it seems like he wanted to test the NBA draft waters. And then when Michael Shrewsbury, the new head coach at Penn State, was hired, he decided to or he entered the transfer portal. When Shrewsbury was hired, decided to come back you know, and said that he wanted to maybe run it back with Shrewsbury and some of the other guys at Penn State. But then, you know, what was it, April 22nd, I want to say, a-, a month after he removed his name from the transfer portal, he decides to go back in. And it seems like, it, just from purely projecting, it seems like he may want to have maybe a bigger role on his next team that he goes to, maybe something like that. And I think you look at maybe the programs that he's considering, You know, he'd probably be a starter at Wake Forest. He'd definitely be a starter, I think, at Iowa State. You look at Arkansas, that's a winning program, would probably have a sizable role there. And then I'm not too familiar, honestly, with BYU situation, but I would have to assume that's kind of their recruiting pitch as well. So I think it could be one of those things where this is someone that wants to have an NBA future and feels like for him to propel himself into that, he needs to have a big final year in college, which... I'm not sure what the situation is like at Penn State, but maybe he felt like he wasn't going to be able to do that, and he may be able to at some of these other schools.
0: Uh, before we get into uh, recapping spring football with you, of course the, the news from over the weekend uh, related to the football program. Konei Nwongu, uh drafted in the fourth round. He'll stay close to Ames, as close as you can get to Ames in the NFL, and that's uh, Minneapolis with the Vikings. Kid who backed up uh, David Montgomery, backed up Brees Hall, uh, but really, I guess, had to open some eyes in pro days. But open some eyes, and really, and Matt Campbell pointed this out two or three times last year, was this big, maybe turning point in some games, uh, that really jump-started Iowa State and led them to victory uh, when it looked like maybe the the games weren't going to go their way, Baylor in particular being one of them. But Nwango in the fourth round. uh how much did the pro day and the running the four three one one really uh, turn his draft um, upside down because a you know, chance he might not even have got drafted and there he is in the fourth round?
3: Oh, 100 percent. He's someone that you look at the NFL and a lot of it is projecting and having the athletic traits to be able to do you know and be able to perform at the NFL level and by running that you know the 43140 at the pro day and having a, a real overall just a real spectacular performance at the pro day. That really, really helped. I mean, you can listen to some of the press conferences that the Vikings coaching staff had afterwards, and it seems like they see him as more like a long-term running back project, which is very different than, I think, the role that I imagined him having in the NFL, which was maybe as a a special teams gunner, someone that has a role on special teams for years and years, but maybe isn't someone that's getting a ton of carries on a game-to-game basis. But it seems like just from listening to the Vikings coaching staff talk in hindsight, it sounds like that's kind of the role they have laid out for him. And you are right. He had some of the really big games this past year. You think about the Oklahoma kick return he had, which really flipped that game in Ames. Um, The run against West Virginia was so explosive, that touchdown run. like That really showcased, I think, his overall athleticism. And I think it's really cool for him, too. I mean, you look at a lot of the mock drafts. And, you know, obviously mock drafts when you get past maybe that second and third round are a little more just projecting in general. But a lot of the mock drafts had him going seventh round, maybe undrafted. And all of a sudden to have your name called fourth round and by a local team-ish as well in Minnesota, I mean, that's got to be such a cool experience for him as well to not only hear your name called, but that high on.
2: You know, you work so much in the recruiting world and it comes out every single year until it ends and maybe it'll be next year. It'll happen sometime in the future. The first-round drought for Iowa State going back, what, 42 years, I believe it is now, throughout time. On the recruiting trail, is that still used? Do you you think people use that as ammunition against Iowa State on the recruiting trail?
3: I don't think so. Um, I think you might be able to at some of maybe the higher levels. Like if you're thinking, for example, here, you could use Michigan State, for example. They just had their Mm -hmm. draft streak snapped. They had guys drafted for like every draft of the modern era up until this year. That can be used as an anti-recruiting pitch against Michigan State. I don't know if you can go against Iowa State with that first-round argument, just because there are so many programs that have that. You know, there are so many programs I bet in the Big 12 that haven't had a first-round pick, you know, in a good long while. So I'm not sure if that could be used against Iowa State on the recruiting trail. Now I think you get more players drafted, and that certainly elevates. the program in general to where maybe you can start to nitpick some of those things. But I think at this point in time, I'm not sure if that's necessarily something a ton of teams can see at the Iowa state.
0: Uh, So let's get into what we saw or what we didn't see, what we heard about (laughs) as they kind of kept it to themselves. Uh, (laughs) Spring football. I I don't understand it, but that's the way they want to do it. So anyways, um, Tariq Milton's a kid that, that I'm anxious to see what kind of season he's going to have because he was injured last year and there was talk and I think it was pretty legitimate that whatever he had and the surgery that went along with it, that he was not expected to be back, uh, at points last year. It was kind of a surprise when he got back and he was never, you know, the Tariq Milton prior to whatever the injury was. What, what did you hear about his spring? Uh, and what, uh, what, what are they counting on him to be, uh, this year?
3: Yeah, I've heard real positive things in terms of just him getting back to what we saw maybe two years ago from him in terms of just being an explosive playmaker all around. You know, he obviously had the the lower leg injury, you know, against Louisiana and then had the upper body injury against Oklahoma and then came back against Texas. And you're right, didn't really look like the Tariq Milton that we've seen when he's at his best, where he's someone that can make guys miss in, in space, can really knock the top off of defenses in terms of his ability to go vertical. And so I think that that's what Iowa state is going to hopefully have in him this fall is where he's kind of that guy that can help extend the field. Cause you think about Xavier Hutchinson, he's really good on those, the slants and the intermediate routes, but he's not someone that was maybe hit a ton for deep routes. You know, Joe skates is someone that was hit for some deep routes, but maybe the consistency wasn't there for him to be playing, you know, a ton of snaps. So I think you're looking at Tariq Milton, maybe being the key for this offense to, Take that next step just because you look at last year. You obviously had the run game. You had Brock Purdy real efficient for a good portion of the year where, you know, he had a really high completion percentage. But then you're really looking at kind of the, the deep passing game being the one area that Iowa State really struggled in last year. And if you are going to talk about a college football playoff contender, you need to be able to have drives be four plays and have a 50-yard touchdown, for example, be at one of those plays. So I think Tariq Milton someone that could definitely bring that for Iowa State. Just based on everything I've heard, it seems like he's really getting back to 100% to where he can really do
2: that. You know, one thing you still see with Brock Purdy is those times where footwork gets a little sloppy, the inconsistencies. What you've heard about what he's done to develop. We know he's an excellent college quarterback, but speaking of taking the next step, Brock Purdy taking that final step.
3: Yeah, definitely, and that's something that we talked to his quarterbacks coach, Joel Gordon, about was kind of the areas that he needs to improve in, and he mentioned the consistency as one of them and that Brock is really focused in on trying to be a, a very consistent player because you're right, you look at some of the times last year, like the Big 12 title game is such a good encapsulation of Brock Purdy as a quarterback. He makes some really good throws, but mm-hmm. there were the two interceptions you think about in the first half especially are just like, ah, oh, man, like uh, – if we could just have that play back, you know, you think about how the game could be different. But then you look in the second half, he's basically lights out. It's just awesome. And so I think for Brock Purdy, it's going to be about maybe finding more of that consistency where in that second half of the Big 12 title game, instead of having maybe the erraticness that you've seen at times. And I think that comes back to fundamentals. I think it comes back to him being more confident in himself in terms of just being back there and the decisions that he's going to make and also having confidence in other guys. I think that was something maybe early on last year. That you know, Brock Purdy only got to throw with Xavier Hutchinson. I think ten days before the Louisiana game. So I think early on last year, he maybe saw a quarterback that wasn't necessarily the most comfortable with all the wide receivers that he had. And now having a full spring, a full offseason, and another year under the offense, to where maybe he can be more comfortable, which will allow him to be more confident and subsequently more consistent.
0: So let's go to the two that are behind Brock Purdy, and we saw that when there was a need for a backup quarterback last year, it was Hunter Deckers who got the call. Uh, Did Bowman, uh, what kind of spring did he have? I'm assuming he went through it, uh, and there wasn't an injury there. So what about the battle to be you know, Purdy's backup? Is Decker still clearly the guy? Did Bowman close the gap? What have you heard there?
3: Yeah, I think they're taking an approach of just see who wins the job in fall camp, it sounds like. I think both played well in the spring, but again, it's kind of going to come down to who is playing better at the time when you get to fall camp. And when you get to those first few games of the season, because that was some of the things that maybe didn't allow Hunter Decker's and Bowman to get more playing time last year was the fact that you only had one non-conference game. You had the Louisiana game, which was, uh, didn't go Iowa state's way to save at least. So you didn't really have a ton of opportunities for them to get on the field. So, I think going into the fall, it's going to be for Bauman, you know, continuing to develop and for Deckers trying to build on what you did last year and what you showed on the field because he looked pretty good when he was on the field for the few snaps that he was. Granted, it was kind of in those garbage time situations where, you know, maybe the whole starting defense isn't out there for the other team. But uh, I'll be real interested to see kind of this fall who's the one that ends up actually winning the job because you look at the the schedule Iowa State has, especially early in the season. There could be some games where there's could be significant snaps for whoever that backup quarterback is.
2: No doubt. And with it, speaking of the early portion of the schedule, Iowa State under Campbell mm. has not got off to very good starts. Last year against Louisiana, still has not beat Iowa in his tenure. Triple overtime the year before that. Yeah, you and I has uh, given them battles early on in the season. Has there been anything done or anything they've tried to do at the very least to help this spring get off to a better start come August and September?
3: Yeah, it was interesting. I think Joel Gordon talked about that a little bit when we got to talk to him was just in terms of trying to find that consistency to where you can hit the ground running. And I thought he had an interesting answer where he said basically that they've gone back over and looked at maybe the preparation that they had in the lead up to the season and then kind of what went wrong in those first games and trying to identify if there were any themes. Now, Uh, in a coach fashion, he didn't necessarily give us the answers (laughs) to the questions that he was kind of saying, but um, it does sound like they are well aware that a fast start is very important for this season, just in terms of competing for a big 12 title competing for the college football playoff you have to hit the ground running you can't all of a sudden you know drop a game to in one of the first three games you know whether it be uni iowa or you know unlv because then all of a sudden you're really your college football playoff chance they're really almost gone entirely so it is important for them to do that and it does sound like i think the coaches are very aware that that's been an issue in the past and they're really trying to correct it
0: uh, Michael, last thing for you, for me anyways uh, when, when you think back over the opportunities to talk to position coaches or coordinators Or to Campbell himself Was there a couple of names that you know you didn't expect to hear? I mean, we, we know they're going to hear from broad Brees Hall and, and the starters, etc. But a couple of backups or maybe red shirts from last year Whose names kept coming up in the conversations uh, throughout spring practice?
3: yeah i think craig mcdonald's one of them um a safety out of minnesota he redshirted last year and someone that it seems like the staff is pretty high on in terms of just his overall ability um john haycock said that they've kind of treated the free safety and strong safety positions as interchangeable and he mentioned craig mcdonald is someone that has played really well at at both spots and i think you can look at his ability and he's got kind of the size and the length to, to play and you think about Greg Eyesworth leaving after this mm-hmm. season. He seems like someone that if he could get some good playing time this year as a reserve, could maybe pro- propel himself into competing for that starting spot next year. Um, I think on the inside, I think we talked about Howard Brown last year, but yep. I think he's someone that I continue to hear really good things about, which I think it bodes really well for Iowa State in terms of the defensive line depth, not only this year, but just long term in general. You know, being able to have a freshman that could potentially come in and contribute in some way or another is always a big deal, but it's also big just for the long-term future of that position group in general, you know, to pair him with Isaiah Lee's a big deal. Um, And then on offense, I think Jalen Noel is someone that uh, I have heard really good things about in terms of his ability A kick returner, his ability as wide receiver. And then I couldn't go on without mentioning Deion Silas as well. He's someone I wrote about last week. I've heard really good things about him. Not only as just a running back, but as maybe an all around Mm. special teams guy that could do kick returns. He could catch passes out of the backfield. Maybe like what you saw to Johnny Lang at times last season. So I think those are probably some of the names that I've heard most consistently. and I think for me personally, just most excited to see Howard Brown this
0: fall. Yeah, good stuff. Michael, uh, listen, now those are three good names, and that's what we were looking for, three names that we didn't know too much about, and we appreciate you shining some light on them, and maybe we'll expand on that when we talk next time. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Michael, great stuff as always. Thanks for doing this for us. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it.
3: Yep. Thank you, guys. Sounds
0: good. Good to talk to you. Michael Swain on Iowa State's CycloneAlert.com. Give him a click, folks, if you're a Cyclone fan. CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports, hard worker, good talker yeah. as well. Uh, we will take our final time out of hour number one. We're going to come back on the in this hour two. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com on MLB. And a look back at the weekend and the draft and a look ahead with a mocker. In 2022.
2: It's crazy just uh, how quickly those come out, the work that goes into them. <laughs> yeah. man. And also remember, these ones that are out there, there's a lot of them, but they don't mean a whole lot. No, but they don't. Remember the year that Mitch Leidner was uh, a first-round NFL yes, draft pick? I do. Who was that? Shefter, I know it was, it was uh, McShea had him on his list of 1st rounds. Somebody rounders. else
0: had one, too. One of the, an Iowa State kid. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but you're right, to, to your point. It's it's kind of a crapshoot to say the very least. But we had, had one after the at.
2: season that had Davion Nixon in the top it, ten.
0: Right. Went in the fourth round. <laughs> that was just January That team came out. That's that's bonkers. Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty kicks and oh one key holds off the charge there into Coppola. Capola Dangerous, as always. Into the
2: middle. Now back to Capola, Goal! Our play of the day brought to you by CISN-TV, the Central Iowa Sports Network. That was Dar Danielson on the call last week, a walkie goal as they got the victory a week ago at v- Valley. The schedule coming up tonight on CISN: couple of soccer matches on the girls' side. It'll be Urbandale at Southeast Poke six fifteen. The opener there on the boys' side, Dowling will be in Walkie seven thirty, and then Friday night. More boys soccer east at Centennial at 7.30. Also, Lincoln at Southeast Poke. All CISN TV, free streaming on YouTube and on their website, CISN.tv. So, Tarpey's doing soccer. You guys, that's pretty good. Good yes. for this. Yeah, they, they will have the uh, call for the girls' state tournament, the opening couple of rounds there down at County. So, soccer right into baseball and softball. And I'm continuing to. Work through that opening schedule here as we are just now weeks away. Saw the softball girls started practice yesterday. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> well, good stuff. Uh, play of the day. Um, and you will be doing soccer or no? I might, if I they... get asked to do state tournament, yeah, I, I might. Oh, so uh, dip you're my just going well. to parachute in and do the uh, state tournament games? <laughs> if they need help. If they need help. <laughs> okay. I did that a couple of years ago for the first time, soccer. Yeah? Really enjoyed it. Did you really? It was really fun out there. Yeah. Yeah and uh, a sport I don't have the same amount of knowledge as I do on some of the other ones, but I enjoy the sport. We talk about it, what, every four years. Yeah. We both really like the World Cup. I do. I yeah. like soccer. Yeah. it's And you know it's not going to take a whole day. It's not like a baseball game that you could be there for four and a half right. hours. It's an hour and a half. Boom, yep. bang, it's done.
0: And you Boom, you're out the door. Yep. All right, we are done with our number one. We will come back in the second hour. Matt Snyder, Sports.com. MLB conversation, then more NFL draft. This might do it. No. Tomorrow, okay, twist my arm. Uh, Miller and back with another hour. (laughs) It's only May. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.